Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, how can we foster more free speech and expression in the United States of America? Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett spoke at the Ronald Reagan Library yesterday, and she took on this very topic with some interesting uh, things to focus on, especially as uh, we come down the home stretch in the confirmation process of uh, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, which we expect will take place. That final vote is most likely to take place either late in the day in, on Thursday or on Friday morning, depending on how they play that in the Senate under uh, Chuck Schumer. Uh, he will kind of work all the hours and the timing of that debate and then ultimately that final vote in, in which she will be uh, confirmed uh, to the Supreme Court. And uh, so it was interesting yesterday that uh, Amy Coney Barrett, who went through her own confirmation process not too long ago, uh, she was speaking, uh, as I mentioned, under the Ronald Reagan Library yesterday. And uh, a, an interesting focus from Justice Barrett, given uh, where we are in the state of politics in the middle of all of this and how the rule of law is actually supposed to play into all of that, where reason uh, and law all have to fit and how the First Amendment has to be applied to all speech, even unpopular speech. Uh, Justice Barris, uh, Barrett began uh, by talking about that First Amendment and those critical protections. You know, the reason why we have a First Amendment, the reason why we have free speech is to protect unpopular speech. Because popular speech doesn't need the protection. And I think that for our democracy to thrive, I think for educational institutions to thrive, everything has to be on the table, including protest. I mean, I think there's a place for protest. Um, I think that people need to be able to disagree. People need to be able to express ideas. I think what can't happen, especially in academic institutions, is for any ideas to be pushed off the table. I think you have to engage with those ideas, show why those ideas are wrong. Uh, I think that's a, such an important message coming from a member of the Supreme Court, uh, the highest court in the land, to say, look, when we're having those conversations, especially in educational institutions, that we shouldn't be pushing anything off the table. We should push all the ideas onto the table and then let's examine them. Let's have uh, an engagement about them. Let's look at what they produce, where they lead, what are the outcomes, and do it in a way that is restrained and a way that is respectful. Uh, if we can do that, then then you can have a very different kind of conversation. Uh, because, uh, as the justice put it, uh, popular speech doesn't need protection because it's popular. <laughs> 
So everybody takes care of that. It's unpopular speech that has to be protected. And so how do we do that in a way that is balanced and meaningful? How do we do that in a digital age where uh, the loud voices uh, often rise to the top? Not necessarily the most reasoned voices. And how do we make sure that everyone has a, a seat at the table and a voice at the table? It's not enough to have a seat at the table. Uh, I think we've uh, made some great strides in terms of having seats at the table, but that's not sufficient in my view. We actually have to make sure that people both have a seat at the table, but then they also have a voice at the table uh, where they can share, where they can express, uh, and where these ideas can be exchanged and debated and explored. Uh, and we've, we've got to change our attitude about that. There are so many in business, in politics, in government, in our communities, even in our families. And we walk around in a sort of defensive crouch, like we're just waiting for someone to offend us. Uh, sometimes we even get preemptively offended because we know we know Dave's going to say something that's going to offend me. Or Mary's going to take this position or she's going to hate this idea. Uh, so I'm going to be offended at Mary before she even says anything. Preemptive offense uh, is not helpful. Neither is walking around in a defensive crouch. We, we have to be open. Uh, open. Open hands are always better than clenched fists. But a lot of us are just walking around with clenched fists to defend our idea. I would suggest getting a little bit curious and asking the question, help, help me understand. Help me understand. Now, Judge uh, Barrett went on to say uh, that we we have to allow free speech and we also need to share our ideas and our opinions in a way that is civil and respectful. It's a really fine line between um, opening students' eyes to the full range of our lived experience as Americans to the full range of the opinions that they will encounter in the world, you know, as engaged Americans, um, and protecting each other's feelings. And to be clear, I do think that, you know, we do need to protect one another's feelings. And I just spoke a moment ago about civility and discourse. And so I think that's actually one way to foster free speech is to try to foster civil discourse in which people are able to express express their views um, in a way that is not threatening or hostile to another side. So I think that's an important part of that equation. And the the, the place I always go in terms of civil uh, first is with restraint. Restraint always works. Restraint always works. If you're angry, if you're frustrated, if you're defensive, uh, you're not in a good space to have a civil conversation. And I happen to agree with our, our friend Arthur Brooks, who says being civil is not enough. If you, uh, the example Arthur always uses is, you know, if you tell someone that you are civil with your spouse, you know, they'd say you needed some kind of marriage counseling. You want to be more than that. Uh, it's the love your neighbor, love your enemy. And you can do that and have a very civil conversation as a result. Uh, it's more a byproduct uh, than it is anything else. But it starts with the way we approach 
every conversation. And it doesn't matter if it's a virtual conversation, if it's an in-person conversation, uh, if it's just listening to somebody. The way we listen matters. And the way we ask questions matter. And so are we going to continue to perpetually walk around in this defensive, fist-clenched posture? Or are we going to come to the table and say, help me understand? It's a different mindset. And there aren't very many places on social media that invite such a conversation. Uh, We hope you find this to be a place where... You can exhale. You can open your mind. You don't have to agree with anything we say on this program. Just be curious, and we're going to continue to do the same. Stay with us. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Much more to come in hour number two after top of the hour news. Stay with us. KSL News Radio, sponsored by Any Hour Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.